Sports Stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio, brought to you by a voice you know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Happy State Finals weekend. It is the football finals. I didn't think we'd get here, but lo and behold, we're here. So things are going to go all right this weekend. We're going to pick up three wins for Northwest Ohio. At least that is the hope. And we've got a lot of great guests to talk about everything that is going on this weekend. We start in just a few minutes with Diana Kramer, the head coach of the Debrimen volleyball team. She'll talk about the uh, team state runner-up in last weekend's state finals down at Vandalia Butler High School. Not a good friend, Scott Truxel. We'll come on and talk about the uh, Vanwer Cougars matchup with Mentor Lake Catholic on Sunday at 12-15, representing the Vanwer Independent and WERT, amongst many other hats that he wears. You'll hear him talk about that coming up in a few. Uh, that game, by the way, Sunday at 12-15, can be heard on WZOQ Radio as well as WERT and a host of others. You can also, if you tune into the WZOQ broadcast, hear a uh, tailgate brought to you by our friends at Lee Kinsel. And uh, that's uh, probably sometime between 10 and 10.30. As that'll get under the air. You can hear from uh, Owen Treese, who is also coming up here in just a bit, as well as uh, Scott Truxell himself and Keith Recker, the head coach at Van Wert, and uh, making their first trip since 2000 into the state finals. Hopefully goes better than a year in 2000. Kind of an odd thing. And a lot of folks still talking about this weekend. And again, kind of hear that brought up with Scott in just a bit. And we also talked to Bremen football ahead of their big matchup here in just hours. As they take on Warren JFK. That game at 1.15 p.m. against the 9-2 and boys from Warren. And the one big difference for this weekend, the governor came out yesterday and all of Columbus is basically shut down. The county is purple with everything going on in the world of COVID and uh, to be safe. Nothing is taking place in Columbus or at Fortress Hobbits around Columbus. So, a trip to Maslin. So, it's like the old days. Everybody goes to Northeast Ohio, and you can hear three games on either WZOQ Radio or WKKI, among many other places bringing you those games. Coldwater and Middletown Springfield, the actual last game, Sunday at 5.15 p.m. Those games on Sunday were moved back 15 minutes. Every other game was moved up at least 15 minutes because of the curfew at 10 o'clock that is going on. And uh, maybe the most interesting just home-and-home matchup is that Hoban in Division Two decided that they will play Maslin on their home field at uh, Paul Brown Tiger Stadium. So if you can't get down there or get up there, I guess, wherever you actually are, you could listen in a lot of places and watch uh, if you want to entertain the folks at Spectrum with your money and you don't give them enough money anyways. But uh, a lot of great options coming up this weekend. You'll hear from a lot of the folks involved in those games, and uh, we'll talk about news and notes before we get into these interviews. My favorite story the entire week, Craig Stammen from Versailles, pitches for the San Diego Padres. There's a, a big story about he won the Major League Baseball Award for the Bob Feller Act of Valor Award. Award Foundation for his years of work supporting the military. Just an outstanding guy. I've talked to him a, a number of times for K94, but he pays to have veterans come into every game in a normal year. And just kudos to him. I uh, can't say enough good things about Craig and everything that he does, especially with the uh, Little League Baseball Classic they do down there in Versailles every year. Perhaps the biggest news of the week locally Crestview's 35 year tenured cross country coach Jeff Bagley and their head football coach and Jared Owens for the last 10 years both resigned last week in a convoy. Good news for local Hoopers, Dakota Mathias. Signed with the Philadelphia 76ers with a two-way deal that will allow him to play for both the 76ers and with their G League team after spending last year in the G League with the Texas Legends. And X Simpson could now be spelled with an L.A. in the front as he signed an undrafted free agent deal with LeBron's Lakers. 
Speaking of signing, National Letters of Intent went out this past week. New Bremen's Madison Gordonier is going to sign with Fidley to play basketball. Her high school classmate, Vivian Niekamp, is going to sign a dive at Miami of Ohio. Fort Laramie's Kenzie Holscher will go to volleyball in Finley. And Dana Rose will play basketball for the Tiffin Dragons. Northwest District Awards came out this week, and no big surprise. Pretty much swept by teams in the area, including the young man you'll hear from in just a few. In Owen Treese, the Northwest District Offensive Player of the Year in Division Four, His head coach, Keith Recker, the co-coach of the year, along with former Bath and now current Ontario coach, Chris Miller. The three all-district awards went to St. Mary's Brian Ward, Hunter Fultz, and Tanner Howe, along with Elias Dylan Harmon and Wapakoneta's Keith Hauser, among others. The four first-team offense... Went to Owen Therese and Turner Witten from Van Wert. And the uh, Kenton duo of Blaine Houston and Jaden Cornell set all kinds of records the last handful of years. And now they can add an all-state pick to that grouping. D5, their offensive lineman of the year. Otto Glendorf Jr. Tyler Leopold. He and a teammate Brennan Blevins on the first team. Connor Clagg and Carson Doolittle from Liberty Benton make it first team honors on the offensive side while their uh, teammates Dylan Schimler, Mason Richards, and uh, Nathan Dyer all first-team defensive selections along with Bats, Lucas Pritchard, Ottawa Glendorf's Will Kaufman, and Landon Jordan, the punter for the Titans. D6, Miles Blasen game. Not really a shock to anybody who's seen him play. Named the co-offensive player of the year in the Northwest District by the Riders. Other honors went to Blake Reynolds from Columbus Grove. Had a uh, big season and a big career for the Bulldogs. Unfortunately, had it come to an end with a couple of rushing touchdowns last weekend. And it's Sydney with a loss to Coldwater. And just uh, one of the better games I've seen in a while. I hope uh, their star receiver is back uh, playing basketball. Just a, a terrific kid and a bad injury for that. But you can't get any better than that duo of Blake Reynolds. And Miles Blasting game is the first-team quarterbacks. Noah Gomez from Archbold, the receiver. Gabe Clement, who I was just talking about. First-team wide receiver, had a 65-yard catch and run last week and just does so much for that Grove program. Brandon Crumride from Allen East, the wide receiver, first-team selection, along with Coldwater's Jay Mullenkamp at tight end, Blake Seifring on the offensive line, and the Grove duo of Jeff Meyer and the best kicker in the area, and Reese Verhoff, the junior for Columbus Grove. Northwest District defense, first team in D6. Gunnar King from Grove, Ezra Jones from Grove, Troy Hess from Coldwater, Blake Hirschberger from Allen East, Tyson Shuttler from Bluffton, John Banal from Columbus Grove, and the punter, Jesse Meyer for uh, Coldwater. D7, despite the fact that he missed most of the playoff run, on a senior running back, Sean Thomas, the all-time leading rusher and scorer in uh, Thunderbird history as the co-offensive player of the year. McComb Jr., Eli Franks, the defensive player of the year. Zach Jacobs for uh, Lima Central Catholic, the uh, co-lineman of the year. And uh, Chris Schmidt, the D7 head coach of the year. First team offense, Lima Central Catholic Sean Thomas, Crestview's Brody Breck, Bryce Banks singer from PG, Peyton Nottie from Marion Local, William Flick from Arlington, Zach Jacobs from LCC, Demarion Gibson from Perry, Carson Kreischer from Crestview, Troy Mesher from Marion Local, and Nathan Davison from LCC, the first team offensive selections. And rounding out the defense, Eli Franks from Macomb, first team in this group, Robbie Busher and Grant Meyer from Marion Local, Zach Berkey, who unfortunately Suffered what is a season-ending injury and will not be able to play in the state finals this week, but is a first-team Northwest District defensive selection, along with Rossi Moore of LCC, DeVaris Glenn from Perry, and uh, Charlie Hillsman from Marion Local. So that's a lot of the big things going on as far as award season goes. All Ohio still yet to come out, and we've got the resolution of the uh, football season this week, the start of basketball this weekend. It's a big, big weekend here in Northwest Ohio, I hope. That everyone is safe, your family's doing well, and we get to enjoy some sports. If you can't get out and watch, you can listen on any of the radio stations in the area. And when we come back, we'll hear from uh, Diana Kramer talking about New, New Bremen volleyball, Scott Trucks on Owen Treese about Van Wert football, and Chris Schmidt about New Bremen football as they are state bound 
in just a matter of hours right here when we return on Around the Hearn. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep-fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062 and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. Back to finish up the uh, volleyball season and talking about New Bremen and the uh, finals with uh, Coach Kramer and uh, Diana. Kind of a kind of a hard run at the end. I mean, a very good Tiffin Calvert team, but you guys did a lot in the first couple of sets and it just seemed like you were kind of playing more defensively in the last couple of sets. Yeah, I mean, we had ourselves in position to win, um, and that's what that's what makes it so hard is because you know that you were my team was so close. Um, this community was so close to seeing a different outcome, and you know it just didn't happen. And when it happens the way that it did, it is incredibly heartbreaking. However, you know after the match, we talked about. The, the silver medal around our neck and how it signifies so much more than just the runner up. I mean, they're still champions in my eyes. They're champions in this community's eyes and that medal can never be taken away from them. And it'll always serve as a reminder to the remarkable run they had, the journey that they had, you know, the ups and downs through throughout the season, you know, all are represented within that little three inch by three inch medal. And for them to be able to carry that with them the rest of their life is really, really, such a remarkable feat. And they talked about a lot in the post game with the when they're presenting you the runner up trophy. I, I thought was kind of interesting and kind of poignant of I mean, Bremen volleyball as far as you are now wasn't on the big state map when those girls were eighth graders and to think right. of what they've done with two and two, I mean that within itself just goes to show how their hard work has paid off. Right, absolutely. And you know, the seniors had a remarkable career. Um, and the key to the key to it is, you know, they trust the process when they were freshmen, Claire Pape was the only one out of the five that played. Um, she had great teammates and she was kind of just the role player, you know, didn't really score much, just was out there, did her job. Um, but the upperclassmen took control and, you know, the, their sophomore year, Josie was starting to play more. Claire had a bigger role. And then their junior year, Diana got into the mix and Ellie, Ellie Rechterman was in the mix. And, you know, that was really, really neat to see because every year, you know, they had teammates before them that were really, really good too. Their teammates bought into the system. And a lot of people forget that my first year at New Bremen or back in 2016, whenever um, Paige was a junior, we actually made it to regional finals that year. We lost to Jackson Center in 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 the regional finals for a chance to make it to state and you know not a lot of people thought that it was possible we started that season out i believe four and three with with losses to versailles and then jackson center then marion local and it kind of was a reality check like that was a huge point in in the new Bremen volleyball program um in the past five years where we you kind we kind of sat down had a heart to heart and we discussed what we needed to do to move forward i mean we have great athletes here. They work incredibly hard in the weight room, you know, both the girls and the boys. And we knew that it was possible. It was just a mindset thing, believing that it could happen. And then that year we make it to regional finals. It ended in heartbreak. We lost to the eventual state champion. And then the next year, you know, we just came back stronger than ever. Paige was a force at the net. She broke every record in the state that year. And she's doing great things at Michigan right now. Um, 
a third team All American, you know, her sophomore year and her junior year's coming up yet in the winter. And then, you know, we heard after that season, oh, they're losing Paige. They're not going to be very good anymore. Well, you know, that year we lost in the state finals to Tiffin Calvert in five. And um, just great players. Again, the current seniors, they were sophomores. Only two of them played, had, had limited, you know, limited roles and expectations out there. They were more of the role players. And then, you know, that year we graduated both setters. We lost Rachel Kramer, an all first team all state athlete. And, you know, oh, New Bremen, you're not going to be very good anymore. Well, that year we came back and we played probably the toughest tournament schedule in my coaching career with Minster, then Marion, and then number one, St. Henry, number three, Tiffin Calvert, number four, Fort Laramie, number five, Monroeville. So on our way to win a state championship. And then, you know, last year we graduated first team all state Macy put off third team all state Taylor Paul. And now new Bremen is not going to be good this year. Well, you know, they keep like proving people wrong because of their mindset and their ability to just make their teammates better. The senior class, that's the key. They have bought into a system and they know that it's because of the people that came before them, the people that come after them, it's them accepting their role and being a, a great leader in that role. And then, you know, my last senior that doesn't get enough credit is Katie Howe. She has been a four-year um, varsity. She's been on varsity four years, and she hasn't played probably more than 10 points in a match, but she's one of the most important people on our team. You know, she's kind of like that glue. She's like that coach on the bench, um, and she makes everybody better in practice. And I think they just set the, set the, laid, the laid the foundation, and they continue to show the future what they have to do to be successful. And it's got to be so special, too, because now you have those little girls who come up and say, you know, I can't wait until I get one of these uniforms. I can't wait until I can play at the net. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's really cool. I teach second grade, so it's neat to see all the all the excitement in the younger grades. And, you know, what's really, really pretty cool is, um, you know, after, after this weekend, we came back and you know, I was teaching on Monday and, you know, I was, I had a lot of emotions that day just because everything was so fresh and, you know, you look back as a coach and you wish that you could have done something better. You wish that your team, you could have done something more for your team. So the outcome was a little different, but some of the little girls in my class, you know, they were, they, they said it was such a great season, but we just thought you were going to win Mrs. Kramer because you guys are really good. And I mean, that's kind of the mindset of the seven and eight year olds in town. Like they just expect you to win. They know that you can do it. And, you know, that's, that's huge for them moving forward too. But the excitement in town, not only in volleyball, but all the sports, the whole community is so locked in and excited for each other that it just, it's, it's just so exciting to see. Well, it's kind of a catch 22 in a way because they didn't grow up when, you know, you weren't winning, so to speak of that's kind of all they know Uh in their formative years. And it's, that's great, but all right, now we have to continue until you get here. We'll try to take care of things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, they're and they're excited. I mean, I walked in the parent teacher conferences tonight, and there were some little girls out on the playground bumping the volleyball around. There's kids shooting hoops, playing football. I mean, they just can't can't wait to put on a cardinal jersey. And you know, there there's so much crimson and gold in in the classrooms, in the hallways. You know, the past couple weeks, that it's just a great time to be a cardinal. I would imagine, too, that you're talking about overcoming adversity throughout the course of the season. You have the loss to New Knoxville, and 
I read a lot, and it, it's always interesting because, you know, everybody jumps on your boat when you're winning. They jump off when you lose. Yep, absolutely. You kind of know, though, when you, the way your district sets up, you get the draw. You know you have a second chance at them. What's the kind of the tone there with those two losses towards the end of the regular season? Yeah, um, so actually – Two years ago, we ended with straight set losses to Fort Recovery and straight set losses to Coldwater to end our season. And it's just, it kind of reminded me of that year. Um, and it's, it's something that we look back on, you know, and you just have to learn from it. One of the things that we talked about this year was growth isn't linear. So everybody, like you said, jumps on your bandwagon when you're winning and people want you to continue to like take steps in the right direction. However, sometimes a step backwards can propel you and make you take a bigger step forward. And I think that that's what happened. You know, we, we tried different lineups the last couple of matches of the season, just to make sure that we were ready to go for a 23rd game. That was, that was what was the most important thing for us. Um, our last game of the season, we ran a six, two previously, our second to last game, we ran a five, one, you know, girls were playing in different positions and not once did, anybody feel sorry for themselves because there were different lineups. People had different roles. People, there were different expectations for girls, but they knew that we were trying to figure out what was best for us moving forward because we wanted to put a gold, a gold medal around, you know, I wanted to put a gold medal around my players next at the end of the year. And, you know, they bought into that and they know that sometimes a loss isn't the end of the world because you learn from it. And I think that they did learn from it. And, they, they found a way to rally together behind each other because they love each other. And that's something that we talk about all the time, too, is if you love each other, you're willing to do whatever it takes um, for, for yourself and your teammates to be successful. How different was going to Vandalia Butler this year and kind of the atmosphere there versus the big building at Wright State? I mean, there's clearly differences. However, I think Vandalia hosted a fabulous tournament. You know, there were so many restrictions and different rules that they had to follow and they were very welcoming they they did everything that they could do to possibly make it the best experience for the student athletes that got to go down there and play um and i mean it was it wasn't the same as playing in the nutter center no but it's it's not always about the location or you know what you, you know you talk about your kids it's not about what you wear it's about what's on the inside and we actually got to play the game with with our teammates, with people that we love in front of the people that we love. And that's the most important thing. So while the venue may have been different, um, the excitement was still the same. I think that's a lesson the boys are going to learn for this game going in. But uh, uh-huh. I, I love your TV interviews because every time I always, I hear the words and I, and I hear the stories, but your kids always end up being the star. Are they getting a big head now? Um. No, they're very humble. And that's, and that's really cool too. And we talk about that all the time. Like you have to be humble. You have to, you know, give, give other people credit, give your teammates credit, give your parents credit, give this community credit because it just makes the world a better place. And that's, I mean, these girls are going to be difference makers in the world because they have a humble attitude. They choose kindness whenever possible. And that's something that is, that's probably the most important thing to me as a coach is that they play the game the right way that they, they act off the court the correct way. And they represent the name across the front of their chest and the name on the, on the back of their um, shirts. So, you know, new Bremen's across the front and their family names on the back. And both those, both those names mean a lot to each and every one of them. Well, I thank you so much for doing this. And I, I, 
congratulate you guys on the run. I have has so much fun just kind of watching what happens. Yeah, thank you very much, and we appreciate the coverage. That's Dana Kramer, back with more here in just a few. Columbus Grove and Putnam County's place for great breakfast and lunch specials is the Rowdy Rooster Cafe at 107 West Sycamore Street in Columbus Grove. Rowdy Rooster offers homemade breakfast and lunch specials. Be sure to leave room for one of their homemade pies. Stop in for a coffee and great food. Open Wednesday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 1 p.m. and Saturday, 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. The Rowdy Rooster Cafe, 107 West Sycamore Street in Columbus Grove. Back talking Vanderbilt Cougars football and with the uh, quarterback at Owen Trees. First of all, congratulations on making just the uh, second state final in school history. Thank you. I appreciate that. What's the season been like? You you have gone through this year. It's it's the weird year. It's the 2020. It's you're kind of you're motivated earlier on with a loss to OG, but it seems like you guys figured it out after that and have just sort of been about as much in click mode as you can be. Yes, after the loss of OG, we all realized, like, hey, we have to go back to work. We have to stay humble. I mean, our season can end at any point. Like, we didn't know with COVID if they could get shut down or not. So we have to take every game, like, one one game at a time. And we went back to work. And so far, I mean, it's got to this point, And we got one more, and we're playing for a state championship, which is just crazy to think about. And even more so, I asked Coach about this. You know, he's been there, obviously, as a player and remembers a lot of this, but how much has he been able to sort of impart to you guys of explaining how it's such a big thing but keeping that sort of in a little box until afterwards? Oh, Coach Recker always stays humble, I feel like. He he shared some of his experiences and just say, like, this is one of the best times of, our, of his life and, like, for us to be able to have this memory that we're about to have, I mean, he just says, you'll remember this for the rest of your life, but we have to win it first. So he, he makes sure that we stay humble, we work hard, so we have the opportunity to win the game. Last week, you're up 21-20 late. What's the decision? Because the video is amusing to me when I watched it back. You kind of go, you're trying to take some time off, you go to take a knee, and then you just decide, well, the corner's open. I can get to the end zone from here. That was just some miscommunication between the coaches and I. Because walking through the play, I mean, we were like all like half jogging. And I'm like reading the sidelines, like running at the same time. And I just hear a bunch of screaming. And so I just took off for the end zone. And I didn't realize anything until after I already did it. Well, it's so funny because the TV camera is positioned perfectly to where when you make the spin to come back to your left, you have this half smile on your face, and I kind of looked at it and tried to judge more of, all right, there's about 45 seconds or so left. Should I do this, or am I going to get yelled at for this? Yeah, I, honestly, in the moment, I wasn't even thinking about that. Um, I, afterwards, I mean, none of my coaches, you know, they were kind of laughing at me. Um I guess, I mean, I knew, I was pretty confident in our defense anyway to get stopped with 45 seconds left. So, I mean, it was just one of those things that we now know it was a good experience and a lesson that I won't make again. Obviously not to play the game itself, but, I mean, you've got to be tired of riding the bus for three hours at a time, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously you'd like it to be a little shorter, but the 
buses, I mean, our community's done a great job of um, donating and getting raising money for charter buses to make us more comfortable. And it's just been amazing that the community's been able to do that for us. How much fun has that been, being able to see? I mean, when you look back, you guys are taking half the town to each one of these games. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing to have such a community respond to just a, a team that's bringing people together and traveling and just connecting. I feel like it's just an amazing thing to have happen in a small town. An awkward week this week in that you push kind of practice goes back a day, and I talk, Coach talked about this where he's tried to change your practice game plan a little bit because last week, you last couple of weeks you wait till Saturday. This week you're waiting until... Sunday, uh, what's the anticipation like for you and the guys? Just hurry up and get here. I mean, we all have every week. I feel like it's been like it's either going to come fast or it's going to go slow. Like we're waiting and waiting. But Rutgers done a good job of changing our schedules during the week to fit like a normal ish week. So for this week, like we have an extra day because we play on Sunday now than we have the last four or five weeks. So we have like an extra day just to really focus in on like small details that will make us better for this game. The touchdown to Drew that ultimately ends up being the winning pass. What did they give you? What did you see there that you knew you could get to him and, and get that score? Um. Oh man, we can you remind me of the play? <laughs> um. I. It looked like it was just kind of a broken down play where. You pretty much did what you've done all year, and everything just kind of breaks down, and you work with it and just kind of hope that maybe one of the DBs slips for a second or is called out of position, and then Drew does what he does. He slips right behind a guy, and bam, off he goes, 50 yards. I mean, me and Drew have always had a good connection on the field. I mean, we've been playing football together since fourth grade, and with what I do in the backfield scrambling around, I know – I know I have a, a good connection with my receiver, and he knows what I'm doing. I know what he's doing, so I have confidence just throwing him the ball and let him make a good play. You wear the lineman out, though? I mean, they're like, hey, man, I got to oh, block yeah. 10, 15 seconds at a time. <laughs> oh, yeah. They they jokingly laugh and harp on me during practice and stuff. Like, man, you're running around so much. I don't know what to do, which is, I mean, I get it as a lineman. It's kind of funny. Just kind of looking back, getting to this point, is there – one or two moments, uh, not even necessarily plays in a game, but just kind of, uh, I guess I will say, things that you can tell me uh, with the guys or just kind of as you've gone along that stick out to you? Uh, like throughout the course of the year? Yeah, or even during the playoff run, either one. Um, I feel like most of us, I mean, I mean, I would say any football player wants to grow up and win a state championship for their high school, but, but these guys, I mean, our experience um, with the last year, just w- losing close games and executing this year, we just have a different sort of energy in the locker room, I feel like. And together, we take that to the field and come together and we make big plays when we have to. We make big stops when we have to. And everything just clicked this year, which is really nice. What have you seen kind of early on from a quarterback perspective from the film about them that, you feel like might kind of play into your hands or play well for you guys? Um, I feel like they do a good job of um, matching up our guys on their guys, um, like 
in the uh, DBs and corner positions. So, really, I feel like we're going to be able to um, move the ball. It's like a normal game, I guess. But running our, our run game should be pretty good since they do a 4-2. I feel like we've always done well against 4-2 defenses. So, we're going to try to guess this, see what we can do in the run game. This is running uh, during the tailgate before your game here in a little bit. What do you want to say to the community that has been supporting you guys? Oh, I would. I, I just want to thank the world to them. I mean, it's amazing what they've done, raising money, sponsoring us, donating to us, and being and going to the games and backing us up there. I mean, it's just an amazing, amazing feeling. And it helps us on the field. Like, okay, we have that extra confidence going in that we have a lot of people backing us. And, I mean, it's just a good feeling. I just want to thank them, and hopefully we can pull one out for them on Sunday. Best of luck to you guys. Thank you. Back with more here in just a few. Hey, Bearcat fans. Special Row Hardware is your local hometown hardware store. Located at 115 North Broadway Street in Spencerville, Special Row Hardware can assist with any painting with their full line of paint and custom tinning. Also stocked with the highest quality power tools, you can reach Spencerville Hardware by calling 419-647-4468. Plan your trip by checking out their e-catalog on SpencervilleHardware.com. To place your items in your cart and have the order emailed to the store and ready for pickup. Spencerville Hardware is open Monday through Friday, 8 to 6, and 8 to 3 on Saturday. Spencerville Hardware Store, 419-647-4468. Back and talking to Scott Truxel, WKSD, WRT, TheVanwareIndependent.com. You uh, you seem like one of those guys you have to wear about six hats at once. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Mike. Thanks for having me. And uh, But it, it's a job that I've done for a long time. It's a job that I love. So, you know, I guess I'm blessed in that response, in that respect, I should say. But, uh, yeah, do a little bit of everything. But in this business, you kind of have to be a, a jack of all trades. Well, it's kind of funny. We were talking before we went on here to do this interview about uh, even when maybe you shouldn't be working, sometimes it just kind of seeps back in. Yeah, it, it really does. I'm one of those people, I guess I don't vacation very well. Um, I've been known to take a laptop or an iPad and the microphone and my mixing board and everything software with me uh, on a, a road trip or, you know, on the plane. It, it magically turns up in our hotel room. So, yeah, that's just uh, just one of those things that I, uh, I guess I've always tended to do. Can't say it makes my wife too happy, but uh, I guess that's just how I've always done things. Well, it's kind of funny because... I have had that too, and it always ends up being when I'm on vacation is when someone needs me to record something, and it just always happens that way. Yeah, it never seems to fail uh, that way, and I guess that's why I like being prepared. Number one, although technically with today's modern technology, I guess if it came right down to it, you could almost do it on a, a smartphone. But uh, usually the biggest dilemma for me is do I tell my wife that I've packed this stuff or you know, when do I get this out when we've reached the hotel or, you know, do I try to sneak all this past her? How am I going to handle all this? But uh, and she's still with me, so I guess I can't bother her too much. <laughs> My wife now <laughs> just looks at me and goes, did you pack your laptop? Yes, thank you. I was, I, I mean, I guess I made sure it was in there. Well, the very first time that we went on vacation, uh, when I opened my suitcase and they, those things came out immediately, I got the look. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. So look, every guy and, right now is like, "Yep, yeah, I know." Yep, what I meant. and 
and it went along with are you serious so yeah been there done that it's idle hands and all that i think is what it is i think so i think so but uh, again when you're doing something that you really enjoy it's not really work if you know what i mean i want to ask you about i i love the content you guys put up, the VWindependent.com. I spent a lot of time reading it with doing a lot of different things, but you're doing uh, pickums every week throughout the course of the season. How has that gone? <laughs> um, that's gone pretty well to this point. Uh, sometimes I take some ribbing from people, or sometimes people get upset because I didn't pick their team, or you know, I, I, I they don't agree with the pick. Uh, but again, most of the time it's good natured ribbing. But about three weeks ago, uh, I picked the Bellevue Redmen to defeat the Vanward Cougars uh, in the regional semifinals, and that did not go over well at all. And my line of thinking was I had covered Bellevue uh, for many, many years before I moved to this area, and that was a team that for a long time was almost invincible at home, especially in the playoffs. They came in with a 5-1 and one playoff record overall. Not an easy place to win by any means. And I'm going with that and, you know, the other information that I have talking with the coaches, I'm thinking, boy, that's, that's just a tough place to win. I'd, I'd like to see the Cougars win it, but I'm not sure if they will. So I picked Bellevue, and I heard it nonstop for a week. In fact, I'm still hearing it on and off. Uh, but, uh, you know, some people, I, I'm telling them, look, I'm telling you who I think is going to win the game, not who I want to win the game um, and sometimes I'm going to be wrong but that's just the nature of the business but uh, for the most part so far so good well it's kind of funny too because I think anybody who is a public figure in especially in the media when you look at things like that I know I spent a lot of time with numbers and in stats and I can glean kind of how I think the game will go for the most part and I'm usually pretty close uh, there are obviously things where they happen, and you just kind of go, well, that I didn't see that coming. Last weekend, uh, for instance, Columbus Grove loses Gabe Clement early on, and then Coldwater just sort of pours it on from that point. But you don't take those things into account. I mean, to kind of get to there, you, you go, all right, this is what the numbers tell me. This is what history tells me. Here's how I think this should go. If you get mad about it, did you read as much as I did? Well, and, and sometimes, too, you know, there's the information, there's the numbers, but there's also a hunch or just a gut feeling or just something maybe you can't quite put your finger on. It's an intangible. But when you mix them all together, uh, that's how a pick is made. Again, if you pick with your heart, you're going to lose a lot of times. I mean, that's just the way it goes. But uh, it, it's, it's a fun feature. Uh, I'm glad people enjoy it. Uh, you know, and if, if, if people are upset, and they want to complain to me, I look at it this way. At least I know they're reading it. Right. That was always my thought, too. Well, I, I get, uh, you know, once or twice, oh, you're not a big enough homer on the radio or whatever. Well, hey, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next Friday night. Yeah. it's uh, And occasionally we hear things like that, too, or, or you were rooting for the other team. I heard that, too, uh, because Bellevue was about 15 minutes from my old house, and I covered a lot of games there over the years. And uh, I heard, oh, you were a homer for Bellevue. Well, I don't think so, but thanks for listening anyway. So <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, and again, kind of going back to last week, and I had kind of the same thing with 
You know, I, I spent a lot of time at Columbus Grove and I work for a station that's over there. I generally do cold water in the playoffs every single year. And I spent a lot of time doing games in cold water every year. So uh, yeah, maybe one thing or the other might've been, Oh, you, you didn't like that enough, but you know, in the end, I don't have to, and I've always said this, I don't have to put down one side to prop up the other. Each of those kids on each side are still working just as hard. Uh, I don't put down the kids on either side. Uh, it, this is this is high school athletics we're talking about, and you're you're correct. I mean, both kids have put in so much work, so much time, so much effort. They sacrifice so much, and yes, you might have a team that you would like to see win, uh, but at the same time, you know it's 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 tough in my eyes to put down uh, either team. When I go in, what I'm really hoping for is is a good competitive clean contest and yes you know i i for instance this summer this season i've wanted to see van Wert win every single game but in the end a good clean contest and you hope no one gets hurt i said that about van Wert, except for the saint mary's game because i you know i had to feel the other way but <laughs> you know one of those and, and really that was that was a terrific game that was a very entertaining game uh and i remember on saint mary's last drive they were moving the ball through the air. And I'm thinking, okay, I've known Doug Fry for a long, long time. Going back to the mid-90s, I'm thinking there is no way that St. Mary's is going to pass their way downfield and win. Another completion. <laughs> There's no way St. Mary's is going to pass their way downfield and win. Another completion. But, uh, yeah, that was actually one of the more entertaining games of the year uh, for the Van Wert Cougars. And the fact they were doing it out of the shotgun, which I, it doesn't surprise me because – I've seen the playbook sort of open up the last couple of years doing every game, but it's always amusing to me to hear it kind of through other people's eyes of, wait, what is happening? St. Mary's just threw the ball 20 <laughs> times. Well, I mean, adapt or die, as the saying goes. Well, when I when I moved to this area and found out that, that Doug was at St. Mary's, I immediately thought back to his days at Cyrus High School, and he turned that program around in the mid to late 90s, and when I saw St. Mary's for the first time when I uh, moved here, it was like being transported back in time. The same offense, the same philosophy, the same intensity. I mean, literally, it was the same thing. But it's, it's tough to argue with because he's been so successful with it. Uh, but like you said, he has opened things up a little bit. I think we're seeing more and more teams do that. But he'll never get away from you know what his teams do best, but I, yes, I did notice a couple of wrinkles in the playbook, especially on that last drive. It's just, it's amusing to me because he's got so many athletes, but this year he refers to, he's been back to St. Mary's seven years now. And he calls it year seven of the rebuilding process. And I said, <laughs> yes. You've been to a couple of regional finals, a state final four. When does the thing get rebuilt? Yeah, I, I've noticed that too. When he sends me his information, I always enjoy talking with him too. A nice guy. And I've known him, uh, for many, many years, but that's, uh, I always look when he sends over his preseason information, year X of, of the rebuilding project. And I'm thinking, when does the rebuilding end? Does it end with a state title or do they still keep rebuilding after that? But Hey, it works for Doug. So more power to him. So the big weekend comes to an end this week. You've got the uh, game on uh, Sunday, which has been moved back to 1215 because of the curfew. Uh, Van Wert's, Takes on Mentor Lake Catholic. I know that a lot of people are looking forward to this game, and Lake Catholic trying to look for their first state title since 01. 
Van Wert trying to erase memories of 2000. And I, I didn't even think about this because I was a junior in high school when it happened. But a lot of people have talked a lot about that game this week. Oh, I, I think they have. Yeah, they, and I remember that 2000 team. I actually broadcast the game that they did. Uh, they played against Bellevue at Finley's Donnell Stadium that year. And uh, I remember them being a very opportunistic team. And, uh, of course, they, they went on to lose in the state finals. Uh, memories that uh, some people would like to erase. But you look at it, that's a team that no one gave a shot, and they made it to the state finals. But when you look at this game on Sunday, I like their chances. I, I really like Van Wert's chances in this game. Now, you know, there's a number of factors, a number of things to keep in mind, but just the way this team is playing now, uh, I, I do think the outcome will be different than it was in 2000. They've beaten four previously unbeaten teams during this run, during the playoffs. They've been, if you were to put odds on it, which I'm sure somebody did somewhere, they would have probably been the underdog in all four of those games lot of miles on the bus, but a lot of guys at the end of those games on the other side, especially the other sideline, watching their defense and going, could you not get one stop against Owen Treese? <laughs> yeah, he's been a magician out on the field all season long. And when you look at what he's done, especially in the postseason, they were down two at halftime to Keystone, and he literally willed that team to a win in the second half. Uh, against Bellevue. He helped them jump out to a sizable lead. Uh, Bellevue got in a roll a little bit later on, but the Cougars were able to hang on uh, for that victory. Uh, you look what he did against Shelby. He put up video game numbers in the first half, and that game was, was over literally about the middle of the first quarter. But you, you look what Treese has done. It, it's just uh, incredible. Um, he is one of those kids that, honestly, if I had to crown a Mr. Football this year, it would be Owen Trees, no doubt about that. It's unfortunate that a lot of people will look at that and go, sorry, they're not D1, it doesn't matter. And, and we see that uh, as well, and that is unfortunate. Once in a great while, you'll see uh, a small school player win it, but it, it's almost always geared, uh, geared to the Division One or Division Two players. But if you're looking, it's kind of like the Heisman Trophy. If you're looking for the best, player okay the, the player that's meant the most to his team sometimes you got to look outside the box if you know what i mean well then again now that i think about it i was reading your article and i see the pictures and i'm thinking uh evan prater who's now at the university of cincinnati when he was a senior at wyoming when they won the state championship he was mr football so then again i mean there is kind of a precedence to it yeah, it, it, it's happened, uh, but it's more like the exception than the rule. If you go back down and, and look uh, over the course of the award, uh, you, you don't see a lot of small school players win it. It's usually uh, the big schools or the schools with a lot of name recognition. But you know that's just how things are. It doesn't mean it's right, uh, but uh, unfortunately, that's how things are. I, I can tell you this: I know he's in the running this year. I'd love to see him win it, but he's up against some pretty tough competition, some some real big names. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of the thing that's working against him. Uh, it's it's fascinating, though, to obviously that's a lot of water cooler stuff, and that's, you know, kind of our job. That's what. <laughs> but it, it's, you look at this, and I think you're right. I think they have a terrific chance this week, and I personally have them as winning that game because it's just, there's something that's, 
so hard to explain. And I mean, I I saw them in person, obviously early on in the season with St. Mary's. They lose to OG, kind of that would you do it differently thing again. And and I'm sure that coach has got his own theories on that. But at the time, it seemed like the right thing to do. But it just seems like there's something, some intangible, some hard to explain thing about this Cougars team. And a lot of it for me is they play a lot of sports together. They've had a lot of success recently. They don't get rattled. And that's a big thing, especially when you get to this level. Well, it's a couple of things. First of all, it is that it factor. You can't quite put your finger on it, but it's there. And this team has that. As far as the OG game, uh, number one, when they went for two in the win in that game, that was the complete correct call that night. Um, they, you know, the, the defense, for whatever reason, could not get off the field on third down. And by that point, neither team could really stop the other. So the Cougars had a chance to win it in regulation, and uh, it was the absolute right decision. The play just didn't work out. But Coach Record turned that into a positive as well. He said that was the turning point of the season. We went back and we worked on some things that maybe we should have worked on before. worked out a little harder. But he said, when you're winning, that kind of masks uh, some deficiencies or some weaknesses. So they buckled down. They got back to the basics. And he told me a couple of weeks ago, he said, if, if we don't lose that OG game, we're not in this spot right now. And I think he's absolutely correct. So, yeah, they lost the game. You know, they, they, they lost the battle, but, but so far have kind of won the war. Before Sunday, what do you have going on? What's coming out? What's the big thing? And when do you guys go on the air? When do you start your coverage? Well, uh, we are going to start coverage at uh, 11.30 Sunday morning. Kickoff's at 12 noon, so we'll start at 11.30. We had planned to go earlier, but uh, when they moved the uh, the time back, that kind of uh, shifted things for us a little bit. Uh, and then, of course, when you get down to the state finals, a couple of things. You have those TV timeouts, those extra TV timeouts, so the game takes a little longer. And for the first time all season, it'll be a full halftime, so we'll have a full halftime discussion. Uh, We've had just one band and usually 10 or 15 minutes of halftime, but we'll have a 25 minute or so uh, halftime, but, you know, we'll recap the season. And of course we'll do all the usual things. We'll talk about the keys to victory, uh, you know, give our thoughts, we'll recap the other games and then we'll get down to the nitty gritty at um, uh, Fortress Obits and kind of anxious to check that place out and, and see what that's like. I can say this, you know, and I'll be covering for both the independent and uh, for WERT, but uh, we're going to be sitting outside. And <laughs> right now we are. Thanks for reminding well, me. Well, yes. And when you're plugged into electrical equipment, when you have things that are plugged into electrical equipment, you're wearing them and they're near you. That's not exactly a comforting spot. So we are hoping uh, that the uh, rain just maybe goes somewhere else on Sunday. I've been hoping that all week. I saw sixty and sixty percent chance of rain, and I just uh, my heart broke. I I have seen forecasts all over the place. I've seen twenty percent, forty percent, seventy, sixty, fifty. It's changed. It seems like almost every day. Uh, but in any case, uh, you know we'll deal with it. Whatever comes up, I will say that if it does rain, I hope it moves uh, through quickly and gets out. I, I the Vanward's style of offense. They haven't really had to play in the rain this year, and I think they'd be okay. But, you know, rain sometimes can be the great equalizer. Well, let's hope that uh, the 50% or 
or 50 degrees and 60% precipitation goes away. We get some random nice day because I know I'm sitting outside for both games on Sunday. So I would like not to sit in the rain all day. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, so if anyone has any connections out there, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe just dial up a nice day or hold everything off until the games are over. Certainly, uh, that would be great. But uh, it should be a uh, a fun day of football. I know Coldwater plays in the second game, and I really, really like the Cavaliers' chances in that game. So we'll see how things go. Well, Scott Truxell, thank you so much for coming on this show. I appreciate you having me, and I look forward to seeing you uh, at Fortress Sobets. And go Cougars. Yes, go Cougars, indeed. Back with more here in just a few. Danny the Dealmaker, are you ready? Ready for what, Eric? Brand new cars and trucks are rolling into Lee Kitzel Chevy Buick GMC again. That's great, because we need pre-owned trades big time. Yep, Danny, have I mentioned lately how much respect I have for this country? Not in the last five minutes. Even the virus can't keep us down. GM workers are back strong and building the best there is. And we're here proud to represent the greatest products on American Road. Chevy, Buick, and GMC. And I love how so many of us in the area have remained positive, helping each other and staying the course. No matter how long this situation takes to resolve itself, please keep this in mind. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service has been around for 50 years, and will be around for another 50 years. Wherever you're listening, you're always welcome here in Van Wert. At Kinsel's, it's all about clear, easy-to-understand deals, best quality pre-owned vehicles, top-of-the-line financing, and world-class service. See us online at LeeKinsel.com. Call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Better yet, stop in at 650 West Durban Road in Van Wert. Thank you for finding new roads to help us rebuild the American economy. Back talking to Bremen football now with head coach Chris Schmidt. And first of all, Chris, congratulations on making the state finals and ready for kind of a different trip than you had imagined. Yeah, it's, um, um, you know, in many cases or many ways, I guess I should say, it's still a little bit surreal, but uh, I'm just, you know, blessed and, and happy to continue playing and, uh, you know, to have this uh, last week together as a uh, football family, so to speak. Last weekend had to be kind of another one of those games where a swing of emotions. I mean, you get up with the big lead, you kind of work to get to that point, get up the hill, and then you hold on, you add a score, but then the drama comes late. Yeah, and it's, uh, and I guess, um, you know, that's just, you know, part of, you know, being this deep in the playoffs and, uh, you know, in a ter- tournament type of uh, scenario where, you know, they always talk about survive and advance. And, um, you know, we've been able to do that and, and uh, you know, just make enough plays to, you know, find a way to uh, to pull one out. And I think, you know, at halftime last week, I, I felt like in the first half we were playing very tentative and-, and almost not to lose instead of, you know, playing to win. And that really was the first time I had seen that from our kids and, you know, maybe all year long. And so at halftime, we just said, hey, no, whatever happens here in the second half happens, but let's play free and loose. Let's play to win and just leave it all out there. You know, we don't want to, we don't want to have our season end playing like we did in the first half. And, and fortunately, we're able to make some plays and momentum, you know, build on our side and confidence build on our side. And, and yeah, we we're able to find a way to pull one out. But uh, I would imagine that's what you want in a state semifinal game, just two great teams going back and forth in the second half. And, and uh, coming down to the wire, and unfortunately, we were able to to make uh, you know one one more play and one more stop with the uh, the two point conversion try. Well, and especially with Hunter Schaefer, he comes in in that spot. You obviously lose Zach Berkey earlier on. Does not only a terrific job of the running game, has that big thirty yard run, but 
for him to make that stop, I imagine that after the game, he had to be on cloud nine. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I laugh because Hunter is, he doesn't say a whole lot. He doesn't show a whole lot of emotions. Um, but, uh, you know, he is a, uh, he loves to play football. Um, and he just, you know, goes out there and does his job. Doesn't say a whole lot. And I think we, I think the staff and I, and I think the kids too were confident that he could fill in. We've seen him do good things. Now, again, it's on the, you know, junior varsity level, but, uh, uh, we've seen him do good things. And, and it was one of those that if we could just give him a little daylight to, to get running and get started, we felt like he could have some success, uh, just cause he kind of is able to hide in behind our line a little bit. And he's got pretty quick feet and sees things pretty well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was huge, uh, to have somebody, uh, like Hunter step in there and, and carry the load in the second half. Uh, to kind of take a little bit off of, of Mitchell, who was doing a lot of it there. Well, it's kind of funny because as you describe Hunter, it pretty much is your program as a whole. They don't go out. They don't say a lot. They're not big, not flashy. Just go out and try to get things done. Yeah, that's probably a good uh, a good description. And, uh, you know, I, I think people that know me um, know that I'm a very, very competitive person. Um, but I don't, you know, I'm not one of those people that you're going to see ranting and raving. Um, unless I'm watching the Cleveland Browns, but, uh, um, <laughs> but they won last week. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I think, you know, it's just kind of, Hey, let's let the play, let our play do our talking and, um, you know, we'll go from there. You get JFK this week. What challenges do they present to you, uh, specifically as a play caller, kind of what they do on the defensive end? Well, it's uh, they're a team that likes to be aggressive. They kind of have that that mentality of uh, like a Marion or a St. Henry, where they you know want to be aggressive with their linebackers and, and uh, try to force you into some negative plays and mistakes. Um, they'll play a little bit more man coverage so they can kind of you know get some extra pressure in the box. Uh, so I think that's you know again you got to be able to handle you know that pressure and stunts, and if you can do that at times, I think it gives you an opportunity to have some big plays, but uh, you got to be able to handle it. Well, you guys have handled it uh, brilliantly all season long, and I hope that you do coming up here in just a bit. Well, I appreciate it. It's um, Like I said, it's been a little surreal. Uh, in some ways, a very magical run, and uh, obviously, selfishly, I'd, I'd love for us to see us uh, finish it off here with a win. Well, good luck here coming up. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. That's Chris Schmidt with the Bremen Football. We're back here in just a few. Are you ready for an adventure? Experience the Midwest's only drive through safari park located in Port Clinton, Ohio. Go to www.africansafariwildlifepark.com for more information. Danny the Dealmaker, are you ready? Ready for what, Eric? Brand new cars and trucks are rolling into Lee Kissel Chevy Buick GMC again. That's great, because we need pre-owned trades big time. Yep, Danny, have I mentioned lately how much respect I have for this country? Not in the last five minutes. Even the virus can't keep us down. GM workers are back strong and building the best there is. And we're here proud to represent the greatest products on the American road. Chevy, Buick, and GMC. And I love how so many of us in the area have remained positive, helping each other and staying the course. 
No matter how long this situation takes to resolve itself, please keep this in mind. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service has been around for 50 years, and will be around for another 50 years. Wherever you're listening, you're always welcome here in Van Wert. At Kinsel's, it's all about clear, easy-to-understand deals, best quality pre-owned vehicles, top-of-the-line financing, and world-class service. See us online at LeeKinsel.com. Call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Better yet, stop in at 650 West Durban Road in Van Wert. Thank you for finding new roads to help us rebuild the American economy. Absolutely cannot say enough good things about Lee Kinsel. You can find them online at LeeKinsel.com or on West Irvin Road in Van Wert. Tell Big E you heard about him on Around the Hearn or on WZOQ Radio or on WERT, one of the places that he advertises, does so much good for the uh, community. And I ran into him, as funny as this is, last week in Piqua. They were on their way back from uh, the game, and I had a game in Sydney and ran into him at the gas station. He was about as hype as can be. And he does so much for the community. Just say thank you if you see Eric out and about. And thank you to listening to the show every week, week number 54, as we've uh, got a wrap-up of the fall sports season and a preview, kind of a deeper preview of the winter. Coming up next week, some basketball coaches and hopefully so much more. A big thank you to Diana Kramer and Chris Schmidt from New Bremen, along with Scott Truxell and Owen Treese. And good luck to all local teams, New Bremen, Van Wert, and Coldwater, Trying to pick up three titles out of the six games this weekend. Be safe. Have a great Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you next week as we uh, round out this episode. State Championship Edition of Around the Hearn. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.